Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, we're going to talk product marketing and in particular, uh, post-MBA product marketing careers with Rehan Mirza. And Rehan is the Senior Director of Product and Customer Marketing at Culture Amp, as well as a proud alum of UCLA Anderson. Um, Those who are listening along know that uh, uh, even though I went to UNC, um, I have Anderson in the fam because my sister and her husband are both Anderson alum. Um, So always great to have uh, another Anderson alum in the house and always great to have another product marketer in the house. So um, Rehan, I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation, but I guess just to start for a warm up question, and this wouldn't be a a marketing uh, podcast interview without this kind of question, but tell me a little bit about what's, what's a favorite marketing campaign that you've seen recently, um, either you know on TV or online or or just anywhere in your life. Yeah, um, well, I wouldn't also be a product marketer if I didn't plug uh, some of the work we were doing ourselves. So I'll have a first one that's a little bit self-serving. Sure, and I'll give one that maybe the the audience has uh, a little bit more familiarity with. But uh, you know, the, we just ran a campaign over here at Culture Amp that I'm actually really jazzed about. Um, and there's a couple of reasons around that. The first was around the messaging we arrived on, which. Uh, you know, for the campaign, it's a campaign designed to speak to the new demands that managers and team leaders are experiencing within their organizations uh, in this new reality of what work is. And so we came up with this tagline of, we can't keep managing like this. And what I love about that, is it works on a couple different levels. There's one where it works on the notion of we as individuals are feeling underwater and can't keep managing like this. There's the second layer of managers themselves and team leaders and the skills that we need as people are bringing their work life and their life life are coming closer together. And what we need managers to be able to do, whether that's empathize or be able to help them troubleshoot problems, be able to listen. There's a notion of empathy that I think we're expecting managers to now carry as they're leading their teams. And then thirdly, it goes to our core HR buyer, which is, you know, that's who we really are targeting and is going to make that buying decision. And we're saying from that level of the organization, Hey, you need to help your managers and your team leaders with different tools and tactics to be able to support them. And you can't keep managing the way you've been doing before within the organization too. So it was really fun to kind of get together with our team from our creative perspective, from our product marketing perspective, and come up with some of those, um, how that really plays out. And then, you know, I'd say the other things that I um, really just kind of enjoyed about the campaign itself was um, it was something that was really, I think, catalyzed by the product by the product marketing team. We had a, uh, a product launch that we, or I should say an offering launch that we really pieced together by bringing in um, different capabilities from around the product to stitch together this story. And I think in times past, we may have let those go out as separate, three separate individual features, but by being able to kind of pull those together, package them up and stitch together a story that resonated in the market, it was kind of fun just to be like, oh, cool. Like that's the, the impact of product marketing. Um, so that's kind of the one that's near and dear and very, very recent over the last month and a half uh, to my, my heart, I should say. It's very close to my heart right now. But I would say the, the one that also just comes up to me, um, it's a little bit of an older one, uh, and that's the Staples Easy Button campaign. 
I just felt that was like super, you know, it's just so straightforward and effective in selling the value, not the product. And it kind of reminds me of this quote, um, you know, where it goes, you know, people don't want to buy a drill and a quarter inch bit, but they want to buy a quarter inch hole. And I felt like the easy button is just like the purest summarization of like, here's a really memorable way just to get to the exact value that Staples brings, whether you're like a procurement buyer or a regular consumer. And, uh, you know, it just kind of talks about like that pressing that button, it makes it that simple. And you know, I actually wouldn't be surprised if um, Amazon's one click had some level of like initial roots into that campaign, into that campaign. But I thought it was so effective and just like in that one concept communicating out what Staples was trying to say. I, I love that one. And the fact that I can't even tell you how long ago it was, but the fact that it still sticks to this day and endures, I think just speaks to the genius behind it, you know, cause it, it really was so simple, but so to the point. So that's, our I don't know if we dated ourselves there, Al. I don't know if we no, saw, I know, I know <laughs> there's going to be some people listening to this who are like, I didn't see that on TikTok, so it must not exist. Um, so, uh, so thank you for that. And a great shout out um, uh, to culture amp. Um, so uh, we'll make sure we put a link to the, uh, to the show notes, to some of those uh, campaign <laughs> assets that you created just to give them some love. Uh, but thank you for giving that. And before we dive in uh, to product marketing, well, I want to start with you. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, what did you do to kind of start your career leading up to going to Anderson and getting your MBA? Yeah. So, you know, I started my career in management consulting, uh, specifically within process operations, finance consulting for large hospital systems. So in one regard, a far cry from product marketing. And then another regard, there's still a ton of parallels as it relates to, you know, consulting and what you expect to do from a product marketing standpoint. You know, what led me to going to get the uh, get an MBA was um, partway through, I transitioned into uh, co-founding a health tech startup. So this is right around Affordable Care Act and a lot of stuff was happening during that time. And um, I actually had an experience in my family with my father that led me to kind of really want to go in and uh, find ways to improve kind of the overall healthcare delivery process. So uh, founded a health tech startup out here, went through, raised capital, um, kind of really just sort of was uh, eager and very um, focused on just kind of solving the mission. And I think just like elements of going through that process the first time, not understanding the cap table, not understanding different elements of fundraising, how, um, you know, things around uh, liability structures, it got you know, healthcare can get really complex really fast. And I think uh, for me, you know, as uh, that, that startup ended up waning and we hit some challenges, uh, I kind of looked back and said, what is the skill set I would need to be uh, successful the next go around? And the MBA felt like the best path to be able to go and get that, whether it's from an entrepreneurship standpoint, a business operation standpoint. So it really kind of felt like the next stage for me to be able to go get the learning I could then apply again later in my career. That's great. And as someone who also started a career in management consulting, I can also absolutely um, resonate with the parallels that do exist uh, from consulting to you know, product marketing. I mean, it's obviously different, but there's absolutely parallels. And I, I do think back a lot of times and rely on some of those experiences that I had in, in my day job as a product marketer. So that totally makes sense to me. So you're at Anderson, you know, you had this experience working in consulting, you had this experience in entrepreneurship, how did you discover product marketing when you were in school and what stuck out to you about it or what appealed to you about it, particularly knowing you had some pretty good work experience, you know, coming into business school? Yeah. So, you know, I entered my MBA program actually having went back to consulting. So I was a consultant at the time and partway through, um, 
my MBA program, I actually ended up transitioning, well, actually finding it through the Anderson Network and actually a classmate who was working at an LA-based HR tech company at the time. Um, and at that point, you know, I didn't want to get on a plane every week. Uh, so that was some of the stuff that was driving it for me. And so I joined a uh, that LA uh, tech company, a company called Cornerstone On Demand. And um, I actually joined a new team that they were forming called Industry Solutions. And its mandate was to come in and um, really bring the commercial lens of driving product roadmap strategy. So um, they were looking at specific industries they'd seen um, uh, outsized growth in, and they're saying, hey, what do we need for our product roadmap and product fit to be able to go sell in these industries faster? And healthcare, biotech were some of the things that they're really interested in and I had a background in. Um, So that's where I kind of started out. And after about four months on the job, my VP ended up leaving and the CEO pulled me into the office and said, hey, we're dissolving your team. You can go anywhere in this org, but I think you should go into product marketing and build out our vertical marketing strategy. And I think, you know, prior to this, I mean, it was one of those moments where I'd never seen myself as a marketer before and actually kind of balked at the idea just because I'd always kind of just seen it as PowerPoint decks and flyers. And, you know, that was just sort of in more traditional services industry, how I'd kind of interacted with marketing. Um, And so he told me this on a Friday uh, and actually had a bachelor party in New Orleans uh, that weekend. And uh, I'd made up my mind that I was going to come back in after the bachelor party on Monday and I was going to quit and give him my notice. And like, after I'd done that, and while I was on this bachelor party um, late on a Sunday night, you know, we all had this like early Monday morning flights that you always regret uh, booking right at the last moment. But late on a Sunday night, we went to this tiny little dive bar called snake and Jake's uh, out in new Orleans. It's really awesome. You should look it up if you're listening. Uh, you know, it's lit with Christmas lights. And in the corner there was of this dimly lit room, there was a tarot card reader. And my friend had his tarot cards read and I was just like blown away by how accurate it was. I'm like, oh my gosh, they really know this guy, Scott. Like I have a huge question on my mind. Maybe I should ask it too. Uh, and so I sat down, uh, I asked my big, or kind of in my head, I asked my big question and got my tarot cards read. And needless to say, you know, she told me uh, without knowing the question that, you know, I'd be able to apply myself and be successful. And I think there was a little bit of that, like, I was like burnt bridge mindset, but it was like very much, like, okay, I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to do this. And I, I like, I can um, apply myself and be successful here. And then, you know, here I am years later, still in a career in product marketing. So I don't know if that's maybe the uh, typical like discovery, you know, self journey appealing story, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up in product marketing and I've loved it ever since. So a couple of things there. Number one, I've talked to, I've had the good fortune of talking to a lot of product marketers. And one of the things that always comes up is this idea of the quote unquote accidental product marketer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I feel that way. It sounds maybe like you might feel that way too. Uh, so I think it's very common and it really resonates. Uh, number two, I think one of the takeaways that I have is that any big decision that we have in life, we just need to go to New Orleans for a bachelor party. Uh, and number three, not only do that, but we also need to go get a tarot card reading. Uh, so next time I have a product launch or next time I have anything, I'm, that's um, when it's safe again to travel, that is the playbook that I'm going to use. Yeah, it's kind of like the, I guess the equivalent of like the soul searching trip, maybe sometimes when people go to Joshua. Sure. So <laughs> one way or another, you'll find answers. Yeah, great. So that's really, that's really awesome. And would love to know in that first, so you, you jump, you dive in in that first role, mm-hmm. you know, product marketing. So what was that like? You know, what were you, what, what were you doing or what were kind of your core responsibilities at that time? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, 
a, a steady build. I think the first area I really jumped in was actually this concept of vertical marketing. So again, we'd seen some areas of growth um, within our overall um, business, specifically focused on particular industries. And it was at the point where they were really starting to look at building out sales teams that weren't going to be just split out by segment size and region, but also by particular industry. And again, you know, a lot of, um, you know, in B2B sales, every organization wants to be spoken to, right? Like I think that's, as you think of the challenges, the needs that they have, the regulatory environment that they face, the labor uh, shortages or environment and the, the dynamic that they have there. So being able to speak directly to them became an interesting tactic that we wanted to take on. Um, And I think what a lot of my initial work was, was first figuring out, um, you know, we had a number of industries we could go message out to. There's 15 that we had narrowed down in, but we really weren't going to build out sales teams to all 15. So at first it was kind of like, what are our tier one industries that we really want to go deep and kind of create the marketing uh, footprint for from web to one cheaters to decks to kind of everything that you expect from a, a collateral creation standpoint. Um, and then how do we then continue expanding across those industries and building each one out? And I think the big thing for me that I learned a lot of during that time was the importance of modularization. So again, kind of finding that 80-20 rule of how do you create some of what you're putting out there that still kind of stays true to your core messaging and the core positioning and what's going to carry across the board. But then how do you have some of that, the 20% that you go in and swap out that gives that customization. So a lot of my early work was like, how do we scale across our messaging across multiple different verticals to be able to, um, get that out there. And so, yeah, started in vertical marketing and then worked my way more into taking on more products. And then from there taking on um, kind of towards the end of my time there, a lot of it was uh, packaging and suiteization, I guess you could say. I think we had like 20 plus different individual products and realized that our buyers didn't know um, what they wanted to buy. And so for us, it was important to kind of package that up in a way that then helped kind of solve from a solutions perspective. So a lot of my tail end of my work was really doing that there. Thanks for breaking that down. And uh, would, would love to kind of unpack that a little bit just in the context of MBA students. So a couple of things that you said there that I, I think are really good to drill in on because sometimes they get overlooked. So number one, this idea of uh, sweetization, as you said, or packaging <laughs> and things. Um, yeah. So I think it's really important uh, because it is a core role a lot of times of product marketers, but you know the other thing that you talk kind of talked about was this notion of B two B and B two B marketing really figuring out you know um, we can't sell to every industry so we have to prioritize about the ones we have to go after and so just between those two things could you maybe talk about what from an MBA degree or what from being in business school really helps kind of helps you kind of navigate those types of things and the reason why I bring this up is because oftentimes. I get in these conversations where I do kind of talk about some of those things, but I don't think the connection is always there for people in understanding, you know, here's why an MBA kind of helps you do these things, or maybe said another way, um, you know, in this role in product marketing, um, you know, these core skills are important to be able to help you, you know, do these things like prioritize the right uh, industries to go after or to figure out um, how to price and package and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, even going, first going back to the consulting days, you know, I think the thing about, about like the vertical marketing approach is the level of collaboration that's necessary across kind of cross-functional teams. So again, going back in with the sales org, with the product org, with the marketing org, like 
to really do verticalization or a vertical approach effectively, you have to make sure that products building the things that need that need to support that industry, that sales is enabled and understands who they're going after. And marketing is obviously creating much of the uh, ammunition, I guess you could say, or the air cover to go after it. And so moving in sync was really, really important. And I think that's obviously something in consulting you learn is just being able to um, coordinate with other stakeholders that aren't on your direct team. Um, coming in, I think, onto the MBA program, st- sticking to the uh, verticalization. Again, you know, a lot of it is um, case study. It just reminds you of case studies, like your life is a case study. Again, you're trying to figure out, um, you know, you're doing calculations to figure out where the highest impact is. You're coming up with scoring models. You're coming up with um, frameworks that likely don't pre-exist, especially if you're in an earlier stage organization, to um, quantify your thought in some level of rigor or consistent manner that can then get communicated out to an executive team or a leadership team to help them make that decision. So you're taking, you know, a squishy concept of like, well, what industry do you want to pick? Oh, well, my uncle works here. No, that's not exactly like why you pick an industry. Uh, but obviously you're looking at size, growth, you're looking at, um, uh, you know, an existing product fit, you're looking at buying cycles, perhaps, you know, there's a lot of things you want to come in and to your equivalent of your scorecard. And you want to, again, be able to make sure you're rationalizing that and testing that. And so a lot of the work that you do in kind of the case study process, whether it's like reading a random case study about like, should this company invest in this, you know, uh, country or open up this plant or not? Those are similar types of questions. Again, that kind of like strategic precipice uh, decision uh, type questions is a lot of times what I think we felt when we were going after new industries and new market entry. Um, so again, a lot of parallels there. And then when you get into the pricing and packaging side, you know, I think there's, um, I mean, your marketing classes actually definitely help your psych- Like if you do any kind of like org uh, and psychology classes, I think those really start to help. I think one of the biggest things that I've always experienced from a pricing and packaging perspective is so often it's easy to start your pricing and pack your packaging from inwards of like, hey, well, these are our two different product teams. And so these are our two different products and this is our package. And you kind of go inwards out in your packaging rather than, as I mentioned, some of the outwards of what is it you're trying to solve and what is it from a um, buyer behavior perspective that you actually want to package up and work inwards. And so both with packaging and pricing, you can get into you know, relative preference analysis, willingness to pay and start to kind of put those pieces together to say, hey, are we actually solving and creating packages about the things that people are trying to solve for and what they care about and creating effective packages there, as well as from a pricing perspective, again, um, lots of ways to price. You can do what's your competitor charging. You can do cost plus, you know, coming in, but being able to have some of the analytical side of um, how you want to tackle specifically around willingness to pay. And frankly, again, working with finance or other teams to figure out again, what you can and can't charge and how you feel confident in that. Uh, a lot of experimentation. And I think, you know, the MBA process across the the diversity of what the foundations it gives you gets applied in a ton of different applications there. No, totally. And thank you for breaking that down. I think you did a really good job highlighting the different aspects of an MBA degree that are applicable to the role uh, of a product marketer. It's a question that I get a lot. And so I think you did a really good job really highlighting those areas that really align. So one of the things and you know, I'm looking at your background again now. You've you've had a couple of different product marketing roles, right, um, across a number of different companies. And for the most part, most of these are you know fast growing tech startups. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, you know, across all your roles, you know, how have things changed, right? You know, what's been kind of the same, and and maybe what's kind of been different just about the roles that you've had 
um, you know, within the product marketing um, companies or within the companies you've worked at in product marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think each organization I've been at has had a different um, primary mandate of what they're hoping product marketing can help them accomplish, right? So again, if you started a large public company, uh, it's going to be a bit different. Again, they're thinking about um, a little bit more on maintaining, widening, um, uh, moving into new markets, perhaps. So that was really sort of um, the first type of challenge that I was working on, kind of uh, also, again, sweetization as they've now deepened a lot of the offering that they have. Maybe they've had some acquisitions. So a lot of your product marketing can be, will be responsive to that in the organization. Um, then have went into very, very early stage, fast growing companies, um, you know, coming right out of YC, try, um, where they've had initial product market fit. Um, you know, they went in and kind of identified their first kind of beachhead market, their early adopters, and they've gotten a ton of penetration there. And, you know, I think in product marketing, for me, a lot of it was in a role like that was twofold. One was how to help them, again, kind of use the Jeffrey Moore across the chasm. So, again, get into that early majority. How do you help them go into the next spaces beyond their first kind of like lightning round that they had of quick sales? As well as a lot of the work that I kind of ended up taking on there was how to actually help evolve the sales process and mature it. So, again, you come into an early stage startup, they kind of like um, – haven't necessarily sold into the enterprise as much before how you know what does the deal cycle look like and how does specifically product marketing partner through all of the different touch points throughout the that cycle so again that's work i've done uh, i've went to an organization where we were pivoting our business model moving from you know kind of a brokerage model to a SaaS model so very very different uh challenges there and then you know most recently at culture ramp um my work a lot of it's been um you know i say culture ramp is about 450 people right now. It's kind of in its awkward teenage years is a little bit what I say, which is like the types of things that we did when we were a hundred people or 200 people, isn't going to be what gets us to where we want to go next. So a lot of the work is how do you scale and how do you build out the processes and how do you lay kind of the foundations that kind of take you to the, the next level. And I think that's a lot of what our product marketing team is doing across sales, across the product or across our customer group and in marketing. So, um, you know, I think each, organization is at a different part of their growth or their journey themselves. And so product marketing's role, and I guess maybe this is the, the thing that keeps it fresh, is that what you need to do is going to be different product marketing from role to role, where the company is in their growth stage, if they're B2B or B2C. So I think that's kind of what, what is really cool about product marketing is the initial set of things you take on can be very, very different. And then there's a ton of stuff that will be the same, right? Product launches and pricing packaging and, um, you know, things that we expect, but how product marketing fits into the core strategy of growth specifically, let's say, um, within an organization will, will differ. And, um, yeah, being able to kind of try some of those out or understand even within the discipline of product marketing, the type of product marketer you are and the types of challenges you like solving can be, um, you know, can be a, a, an interesting thing, a path to go down. And I'll give, you know, one other example is like, for example, in B2C companies, sometimes I've seen product marketers be much more like end-to-end marketers, or they get very involved in the actual like checkout flow of a process or the adoption process and are actually tinkering within the product. Whereas if you go into like, perhaps, you know, an organization, you know, like yours, Al, where you may be selling to enterprise, it's a very, very different altitude and a different space you're living in within product marketing, even in that same discipline. So thinking about what interests you and even 
kind of that first fork of B2B, B2C is a good place to start. And then going further down and saying, what is the type of company and what are the types of challenges I really like going into can help you understand even within the discipline of product marketing, where you might want to, you know, using the MBA terms of like decision tree out, like where does that pathway take you? I think, um, yeah, it's uh, a helpful kind of exercise to go in, especially if you're on the early side, wondering if product marketing is for you. No, thanks for sharing that. And I, and there's a couple of things that you said that I, that really stuck out to me. So um, it's interesting because even though, like you said, our, the companies that you work at and the companies that I worked at are so different, right? It, it still applies, right? And, you know, uh, you know, within a big company like mine, you can have various products that are basically at the same kinds of stages that the company that you are, you are at are, right? And so yeah, it still sure. kind of applies. There are definitely some some product marketing teams at my company where they're still, um, you know, they're, they're more nascent products, right? And mm-hmm. so they're, they're working a lot, the PMMs are working a lot more to really um, define that product market fit so the product can sk- scale. Whereas there are other teams where like a core flagship product been around for 20 years, you know, I mean, yes, they're, they're doing new releases, but at this point it's all right, well, it's doing a couple billion. How do we get it to do a couple billion more? Right. And yeah. so in that case, um, uh, the problems that they're solving are, are just diff- are, are just slightly different. And so the role of product marketing in that case is going to be different. Yeah. And, it, you know, even within companies, I think that's the other piece is that, like, as you mentioned, it changes well on teams, but it also changes on cycles. Yeah. So, like, even in my time here at CultureAmp, you know, when we when I first joined, a lot of our emphasis was how we had an acquisition back in 2018 with a whole new product set. And so it was like, you know, what is our full platform message? How do we get known for this new offering and a whole new space? How do we bring this message together? And, you know, again, how do we enable sales and how do we sell it? And how do we essentially get this product to market was a lot of our 2019 focus. And then you come around to 2020 and, you know, everyone's affected by the events that happened in March and kind of carrying on forward to today. But our focus started moving on, you know, I have customer marketing on my team. And a lot of that emphasis went from cross-sell expansion. What are we doing? in those motions to try and increase, you know, our attach rate and come March, it all came into how do we really think about retention, right? And how are we thinking about driving product adoption? How are we proving value to our customers? How do we, you know, create products that are meaningful and useful for them in this time? And I think that's something that's really great about CultureAmp is, again, the solutions we have really help employers connect with their people and get those feedback strategies as they're making decisions. But we built out a ton of capability during this time, but it was how do we then get all of our customers using more of our product so that they see value, that there is that stickiness. And so that when we come up to these instances of, um, you know, renewals that our customers are like, oh, we can't live without culture amp. And we know that we've experienced that. So the product marketers mindset in some ways of what we needed to do in 2020 was very, very kind of shifted in terms of the types of activities and it moved to in-product messaging. It moved to adoption and education strategies that we wanted to push rather than net new growth per se. Right, no, totally. And I I love how you were able to demonstrate and articulate how the environment or the market has um, uh, forced the company to kind of evolve and think differently about their business and how that trickles down uh, to the role of a product marketer or any other team member for that matter. And, you know, what my takeaway or the thing that I like to talk to people about who are interested in product marketing is before you think about that, really think about what business is this, what business is this company in and what problem, like what problems do you want to solve? Um, mm-hmm. And knowing that it can evolve over time, but um, you know, oftentimes, you know, where this question stems from is this notion of product marketing looks so different company to company. How do I figure out like what it looks like? And so the advice I always give or what I encourage people to really think about is, you know, 
what what business what business are you interested in or or what is the business of this company um what's going on in the market and then working back from like okay well like what role is product marketing playing in that and i think what your your shift to like customer marketing uh, this year really is a really good example of that right yeah and i think you actually just hit on a question i'm sure you get a lot too which is kind of the chicken or egg question which yeah. is like how do i get into product yeah, exactly. marketing how do I get into marketing with a non marketing background and again mm-hmm. You know, getting, uh, you know, going to New Orleans, getting your tarot cards read is one option, exactly. but I, I'd say a more uh, consistent, pragmatic approach would be um, my advice is often figure out a buyer or an industry or an audience that you know particularly well. So mm-hmm. if you come yeah. from an engineering background, like what are the different types of tools and processes and the things that engineers need to be successful that you can say, I know this group. Uh, and back your way into perhaps a certain type of product that way. And I think that's kind of where my mind goes to because so much of product marketing is really understanding that buyer and what's happening there and how to be able to choreograph around that. So, you know, um, when it comes to, well, I don't have product marketing background. Like I think even my own experience is like, well, you can be successful without it or you can start somewhere and pick it up. But can you really understand that buyer And so I would say like for people who aren't necessarily coming in with a marketing background, starting in with that buyer or that industry you understand really well and working backwards and saying, look, I have an unfair advantage and I can learn the rest of marketing. I can, I can pick it up. I'm smart. I, you know, I've went and got my MBA or, you know, I've shown progress in my career, but I really, really understand this problem and I understand this buyer and I understand this industry. And that's a lot of what product marketing is. So I think that's, um, to your point, the advice I often give for people who are like looking to crack in is work backwards from what you understand really well. I love that advice and I a hundred percent agree with it. And I too also benefited from, benefited from that same, the same advice. Uh, my first product marketing role was for a product that was geared towards CIOs and a lot of my consulting work was for it leaders. And so mm-hmm. I literally, I remember I was joking with my manager at the time. He was like, you said the word social mobile cloud and analytics and we were sold. Um, and so, but to your point, you know, I, I didn't have any product marketing experience at the time, but what they were most concerned with is that I was able to understand how to speak in the language that their core audience uh, was going to be speaking in. And so that was my way in and, and something I encourage people to also uh, encourage people to also think about. And then the other thing I was just going to add, just because you mentioned it a couple times, and I don't think it gets enough love in business school, although I'm hoping it changes, is just particularly in B2B environments, sales and working with sales. Um, you know, and you know, if it's great if you've sold, um, but if you haven't, just getting as much exposure um, to to that because as a product marketer, particularly in a B two B environment, um, you know, it's it's a really uh, it's a really core responsibility in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's pure like enablement or in your case, like working on the sales motion. Um, if you're in a B two B environment, uh, getting any experience or exposure working with sales, I think, can be really really valuable. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the notion always comes within marketing too, especially working on messaging. Like, what is mm-hmm. the yeah. um, the the repet not the repetition but I guess you could say kind of the um, the speed by which you get feedback right and so yes. again like working with your demand generation teams or maybe your social teams to try something out on LinkedIn you can then bring it into maybe some of other fast motions to get feedback on but your sales team is really who you're trying to get that messaging really really right for especially for product marketers so again having that relationship with sales isn't just about enabling them but thinking about how to uh, close that feedback loop right. and getting that feedback from sales and building that back into your messaging and having really strong relationships. You know, I always kind of talk about this notion between like in product marketing, you're always kind of in a pendulum between like uh, a lighthouse and you're trying to get your lighthouse messaging and you're trying to find your early kind of like tiger team of sales folks that'll go out and try a line of messaging that you think might work. 
And once you then get some resonance on that, or you see that it sticks, how you then bring it kind of bring the pendulum back and then you coin operate it. And that's when you try and get back into the broad enablement and scaling out to the org and rolling it out to broader sales teams. But like in each side of those pendulums, having a strong relationship with sales is absolutely critical. And it actually makes you better at your job, just not your enablement of the sales org. No, I, I love that. I love that advice. And I can definitely relate to that um, from my own experience working with a lot of folks in sales. Um, so you've, you've mostly post MBA stayed within the realm of product marketing um, mm-hmm. and you've done it at multiple companies. Um, you know, what's, what's kept you in PMM? You know, why, what, why do you keep staying with it? You know, what really excites you about it? Al, I'm in it because it's so gosh dang fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean that in some ways though, in that the, as I mentioned, it's, highly collaborative. Mm-hmm. The diversity of the problem sets that you get to work on um, has kept me really involved in it. Um, I think the direct ability to be um, involved in the growth and the kind of the growth and the strategy of an organization while still having like one foot in into some of the creative elements of it, because like you're still kind of on this marketing team. So there's a lot of, of messaging you're working with, you know, your design teams, you're um, playing around with the words you get to use and what shows up at the top of the funnel or the middle of the funnel and the kind of the content and how that all manifests there. So it starts to have like a creative lens to it. While at the flip side, you could be going super deep into pricing conversation. So there's a little bit of the both sides of the brain, like the left brain, right brain that I've always found quite interesting. And, I think also um, being highly interactive with the product teams, there's a creation element too, which is like, hey, how can I help them quantify the data? How can I help them understand where there's opportunities, where the roadmap should be going? And then along those lines, you know, being able to see how early involvement there can lead to product iterations or the direction that a product takes um, also has just been really, really fulfilling. So again, like in so many different facets of what I would have articulated what I was looking for in a role. There's lots of uh, ways for PMM to really align to that and deliver on that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And what I always tell people sometimes is that in any given day, I can go from being in a meeting thinking about, you know, the high level three year product strategy to going with our creative team line by line, copy editing lines of tech copy for our website and the ability yep. to kind of move between those altitudes for me is really stimulating to both sides of my brain. Um, so I, I, I love, I love the chance to be able to get to do such a diverse set of things, I guess. Yeah. And you know, I will say there, there is a, a call it out. There is a uh, kind of a shadow side to it or double edged side, which sure. is obviously um, it just then makes the need for prioritization yes. that much more important, right? Again, like oftentimes, I mean, I think it's changing, but I would say oftentimes like, you know, the PMM, PMM ratio is not the best or like early stage companies, they are often hiring a PMM product marketer a little bit later than they already should have. So there's like 12 fires or 12 different areas you might be uh, asked to go into. And so um, I've definitely had it in my career and continue to, which is like when you come in, there's no shortage of things to apply yourself to um, because there you can find one, the product marketing mandate can be wide. And then two, um, you know, there's just needs that you can jump in and you want to be able to contribute on. So then it becomes the importance of prioritization and communicating out your, those priorities back into those stakeholders, which, you know, I think can sometimes be challenging, but uh, definitely, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it up uh, having the opportunity to work on that, those sets of uh, those challenges. Absolutely. Um, so last question here. Um, so, and thank you so much for joining, but what is your kind of 
Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, some advice you have for people interested in PMM, but, you know, I know you also hired before. And so could you maybe shed a little bit of light in terms of some of the things you might look for um, in someone you're trying to hire, like in terms of a product marketer, particularly within the context of, you know, MBA students, you know, what either skills or experiences can they maybe um, hone in on or, or highlight that would make them a potential great fit uh, to be hired? Yeah. Um, one, I'll say again, like I've actually taken that mindset of uh, you don't need product marketing experience to come in and apply within product marketing. You know, again, I think that there's other uh, sister disciplines. You mentioned sales as one that I think can also like lend itself into moving into product marketing, sales enablement. Um, you know, I think there's particular product marketing roles. Like for example, when I've hired for more of like a research and insights and market insights and research role that I think a little bit more of a data orientation, you could start to position yourself in that lens and look for that type of PMM. I think, um, you know, within a uh, coming out of the MBA program, I, I, I always just come back to again, what is it that if you don't have that product marketing experience, like what is that, you know, um, that truth that maybe not everyone knows in the world that like, you know, your unfair advantage that you can say, this is why I'll make the, uh, like a terrific product marketer, even without the product marketing experience and why you should bet on me. Is it that I really understand the sales process and bottom of funnel collateral I need to create because I've been in those, you know, knife fight deals before and that infographic can really change it the day. And I understand what that is. Is it coming up to the top and really understanding the buyer in that industry a little bit, like we talked about earlier. I think that's what you want to come up with if you haven't had kind of the um, well-rounded product marketing previous experiences is what's your spike and how do you align yeah. that spike up directly into your um, the conversations that you're having? Because that's the other thing with team construction is like, as we're thinking about it, it may be, hey, we're moving into a new region. It may be, hey, we're really trying to break into a new um, persona or buyer type, like whatever it may be. So finding those things out within the interview process and being able to align your skill set and how you might be able to support those um, is a little bit of what you also think, what we think about from a team construction standpoint is like, what are the skills or the things we don't know? And what we may not need is another like, you know, product marketer who's done it the same exact way or comes from a really similar uh, like company to ours uh, and has kind of run it um, kind of run the exact same motion. So that's the other piece of like, you know, if you kind of put your starting five, I don't mean to go to like, I was going back to like the 95 bulls and like the lineups and, you know, I don't know, yeah, that's kind of, of right. Right. Nerd yeah. out a little bit, but um, you know, it's in terms of like, what are the different roles on a team and all five of them don't need to be kind of that traditional product marketer who's, this is their third or fourth role. And so coming out of the MBA program, what are those different skill sets? Did you have, you know, a finance background that lends you into fintech and personal finance investing and you worked on that there? Is it you come from a nonprofit environment and you understand, you know, um, the realities of donor software and, you know, now you're talking to organizations that help uh, kind of manage that. I think it's what is that spike and really build on that uh, of how it's going to support the organization and kind of play the, that route rather than trying to mask or hide the fact that you haven't done product marketing before, because there's a lot of surface area to land your plane on as it relates to the skill set of product marketing and making it applicable. I, I, I love that idea of the spike. Um, and, and I 100% agree. Um, we can't have five Michael Jordans. We need a couple Ron Harpers. We need a couple Judd Bushlers. Uh, we, might even go. Need, yeah. <laughs> we, we might even need a Tony Kukoc or a Brian Williams. You never know. Um, so yeah. uh, no, I totally agree. 
Um, Rehan, thank you so much for joining me on the MBA Insider Podcast and talking all things product marketing for MBA students. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks again. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.